Well, hey there. It's been a while. We have plenty to talk about here on the Canadian Conservative, so let's not waste any time. All right. Up here in Canada, it isn't all about igloos and maple syrup. We have radical Islam as well. An idiot ISIS sympathizer by the name of Aaron Driver was killed earlier this month after a run-in with the police. He was killed after detonating an explosive in the back of a taxi. He was reportedly planning an attack on an Irving shopping center in Straith... I wonder how that's pronounced. Strathroy or Straithroy? Probably Strathroy. Strathroy, Ontario, 72 hours before he was killed. The FBI tipped Canadian authorities, which led to the death of this lunatic. Aaron Driver wanted to make Canadians pay for their actions in the Middle East. I described in a martyrdom video he had released. Now, I was going to play the video, but honestly, it was... I don't want to give that idiot the time of day, so I decided not to. After the 24 shooting that resulted in the death of the Canadian soldier Nathan Cirillo, it was clear that Driver was sympathetic of the enemy. It's reported that Driver was under a peace bond, but the restrictions had been lifted because he moved to Strathroy. Uh, firstly, thank God they killed this mani maniac, okay? Who knows how many people he would have hurt if he was able to carry out this attack. It was a great job by the authorities, and uh, by the most part, for the most part, I should say, in identifying the threat and tracking him down. And now, the reason I want to talk about this one story so, like, so long after it happened is for one reason. Honestly, I only have one problem with the entire situation is why were the sanctions lifted on the peace bond? Why did they go so easy on him? And how come he was able to still build bombs even though the the peace bond was in place? I, I really don't understand it. I don't think a peace bond is nearly enough here. Stronger measures needed to be used in this situation. The system is in place by the Canadian authorities uh, and it, it failed here. And, and again, thank God he wasn't able to carry out this attack because who knows how catastrophic this could have been and he was able to get out of attending religious counseling and he was no longer required to wear a gps tracker after the requirement was lifted by a, a judge i mean my question is how come if you suspect that this man is associated with idiot isis sympathizers or members whatever you want to call those maniacs then why were these restrictions lifted if we suspect that a person may be interested in committing a violent act against the citizens of this country we have an obligation to stop them now, in January of 2015, the then-conservative government introduced Bill C-51, also known as the Terrorism Act of 2015, which was meant to build upon Canada's existing anti-terror laws. The bill was introduced after the deaths of Nathan, Nathan Cirillo and Patrice Vincent. Essentially, the, the, bills, the bill made it easier for Canadian authorities to track these individuals and disrupt acti their activities with less evidence. The bill was very controversial, but, a, controversial, but apparently it was controversial enough. It wasn't controversial, controversial enough because these radicals were able to get away with things that they shouldn't have been able to get away with. I wish I was into politics when this bill was first introduced because I have a lot of problems with the public response to it. The Canadian Liberals have no problem with limit limiting free speech when it comes to the LGBT community, but please don't touch the rights of terrorists to spread the propaganda. I mean, free speech in Canada is dead in Canada anyway, so who really cares? My point is, we need to be able to constantly have these individuals under surveillance because if they are that serious about harming our country, a peace bond isn't going to stop them. If they plan on blowing themselves up anyways, a peace bond is not going to matter to them, okay? Now let's get into some US politics, shall we? Because it wouldn't be an entertaining show without some Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. So let's go over some of what Trump's been up to in the last few weeks. Now firstly, let me start off by saying this. If Donald Trump had acted this way for his entire campaign, instead of just for the last few weeks, he would have been absolutely demolishing Hillary, okay? He would be demolishing her. It wouldn't even be close. Yesterday, a new CNN ORC poll came out showing Trump up on Clinton, 45 to 43. This is fantastic news for Trump. Not only is it fantastic news for Trump because he shrunk down Clinton's lead, but it'll show 
Donald Trump that keeping his mouth shut is working. And I think Donald Trump is the only person that needed to be convinced of that, that shutting his mouth would work. Yes, he's made some mistakes since my last show, but the 13-car pileup that was Trump's campaign is now just a six-car pileup. You know, he's not he's still not the ideal ca candidate, and he's still not running an ideal campaign, but my goodness, it's so much better than Hillary. His trip to Mexico was absolutely genius, okay? It showed that people... It showed people that Trump can deal with other world leaders, unlike the current U.S. president, Barack Obama. This is very, very good for Donald Trump, okay? Now, remember on my last show how I talked about Hillary's health? <laughs> well, boy, has this ever blown up since I've been gone. She's had another coughing fit. She's been scrutinized by several medical officials, and it is honestly hilarious. It is, it's not hilarious that she's ill. I don't really wish sickness upon anyone, although if there's one person that I would wish it upon, then it's probably her. It's not hilarious that she's ill. It's hilarious that she's trying to make excuses for it. And so does the media. Let's listen to Hillary cough together, shall we? Every time I think about Trump, I get allergic. <laughs> Boy, we have 63 days to go. Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. Oh, I can't even think of something to compare her to in that scenario, honestly. It just sounds so terrible. And it would it would be pretty sad if it was someone other than her, but it's not sad because it's her. I wonder how long she's been saving that one-liner, by the way. Whenever I, I think of Trump, I get allergic. <laughs> Good one, Hillary. Oh, you're so charming and hilarious. Oh, she just makes me want to vomit all over myself and all over the floor. You know what she sounds like? She sounds like, like a 100-year-old woman. It makes her sound extremely old. It's pretty funny. It's almost like the demon inside of her that's somewhere around 3,000 years old shows its true form whenever Hillary coughs. It's fantastic. It's so great. And I kind of feel bad for making fun of her ill health, but man, is it fun. Okay, there's one thing I love more than Hillary coughing. We'll close on this. The one thing I love more than Hillary coughing is watching the lefties fight amongst themselves. It's fantastic. I love it when the narratives they're trying to create get overlapped and they have to argue about which one is more real than the other. It's fantastic. There's nothing more entertaining than when two people who are extremely wrong try to argue who's right. I'm saying all this because the hashtag surfaced. I'm, sur I'm sure you saw it. If men, hashtag if men had periods. Now, do I, do I even have to say anything? Honestly, I could just sit here in front of the microphone for another minute, letting you think about the idiotic tweets that this resulted in. But let me read you some of my favorites here. This will be like an idiot showcase. Okay, you ready? This is the first one from Allison Gallagher. It's, I don't know who it is. It's just some random lady. It's, it's really a beauty. Hashtag if men have periods. First, lots of men do not do have periods. Second, lots of men do not have periods. Your feminism means nothing if it erases trans people. Uh, what? Did you just admit that transgender women are actually men and transgendered men are actually women? Allison, Justin Trudeau is going to show up at your house, Allison, and he's going to cuff you and bring you in for hate speech against transgendered people if you live in Canada, okay? You can't do that, Allison. It's inappropriate. Biology is just the worst, isn't it? No matter how much you deny biology, it always comes back to prove you wrong. The next one coming from, of course, Mr. Ben Shapiro. Quote, if hashtag if men had periods is extremely cisgender. Men do have periods, end quote. See, this guy gets it. I mean, come on, why isn't everybody like Ben Shapiro? 
Matt Walsh said, Hashtag, if men had periods is trending, but I thought men can have periods because gender isn't binary. So confused. End quote. You and me both, Matt. You and me both, okay? Micah said, Hashtag, if men had periods, they'd brag about the size of their tampons. Ha! Good one. Probably true, though. Hilarious, Micah, but unbelievably insensitive, okay? Now, last one. This is this one's a beauty from at Tanya Thomas. She tweeted, quote, there would already be a law saying they could have a week off every month. Hashtag if men had periods, end quote. Now, all of the mentions of this tweet are people explaining to Tanya that men have a larger role in the workforce than women. According to a study done by Forbes, in which everybody should read, and they're not the only ones that have come to this conclusion, men work more hours than women, okay? That's reality. If men had periods, they'd be told to get up and go to work because that is the stereotype you feminist imbeciles have set against men for years now. The only difference between the stereotypes between the two sexes is that men don't give a crap because they can accept the fact that men should have to support their family through thick and thin. They can accept the fact that the stereotype is reality. So don't try and act like this is a one-way street, Tanya. Okay, also, learn to spell. My goodness, go to this woman's Twitter and look at her mentions to see how unbelievably illiterate she is. At Tanya Thomas, Thomas with no H, okay? T-O-M-A-S. Tanya spelled T-A-N-I-A. At Tanya underscore Thomas, all right? She says she's still in school, but it must be third grade because her literacy skills are seriously lacking. Get off Twitter and read a few books, Tanya. Well, all right. I had a fun time today. That'll do it for me. I've had my fun for the day. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Canadian Conservative. You can find me on Twitter if you need me. And uh, maybe next time I come back for the next show, uh, the election will be over. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening.